Retropod is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Are you looking to learn a thing or two about getting your finances in order, saving, and investing? Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, history lovers. I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. If you're like most Americans, you probably visit a grocery store once or twice a week. But you probably don't know that one single grocery item is responsible for the rise of supermarkets as we know them. It's baking powder. Baking powder. Really. Back in the 1800s in New York, the proprietors of the Great Atlantic and Pacific Tea Company faced a problem. Tea, an industry they had controlled for decades, had become widely available. Prices fell, and it appeared Great Atlantic and Pacific would too. The Hartford family, the owners of the company, decided to diversify. They added a new product, baking powder. Housewives loved the stuff. It made bread rise faster. Baking powder became so popular that unscrupulous producers, in rushing the product to stores, weren't exactly delivering the real deal. But folks couldn't tell which products were fake and which were real. So the Hartfords decided to set themselves apart by making their own high-quality baking powder. They even hired a chemist. And then they packaged the powder in red tins, labeling it A&P, leveraging the Atlantic and Pacific Company name to denote quality. Historians would later call baking powder the most important product in the history of retailing. Most merchants back then were just essentially selling generic products. By selling branded baking powder, the Hartfords were transitioning from being tea merchants to being grocers. In selling their powder in a tin, the Hartfords were ahead in another important way, packaging. Later on, they would seize on a new invention called cardboard. The company could now brand, make, and sell its own condensed milk, butter, spices, just about any staple of the kitchen. The tea manufacturer was now the country's first full-fledged supermarket. There was difficult transformative work ahead, though. The company needed to upend an entire culture of shopping built around the neighborhood store. Before, shoppers purchased their groceries from a number of different places, meat from a butcher, bread from a baker, and so on. The stores were typically small, not open set hours, and you paid by credit, getting a bill once a month. AMP had to change all that. The company built big stores, stocking as many products as possible, many made in their own warehouses. Products were stored on shelves, not behind a counter for an employee to distribute. No credit cash only. Manufacturers liked the model, selling products directly to the company, not through wholesalers. This kept product costs down for AMP, which passed those savings on to shoppers. The company became obsessed with prices, doing whatever they could to pass on those savings. It was all about volume, affordability, and selling more for less. And it set the stage for modern-day grocery stores we frequent today. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. For more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod. <laughs>